Welcome to my podcast. I'm the Laughing Philosopher. Life is complicated. You are complicated. Everything seems to have been figured out, except how to live a happy life guided by wisdom and reason. What does it mean to be a good person? What is love? Who am I before I was told who I am? Why haven't I found myself yet? Why do I have regrets? Is this a just world? Almost from the moment of birth, we've been told how to behave, how to fit in, and how to fulfill other people's expectations. We grow to fear that we will lack importance or cease to exist in the lives of others if we think for ourselves and question the rules and roles that we've been told define us. Only when wisdom and reason removes this illusion can we live authentically in the world around us and become our real selves. Episode number 11. Why is humility truth and pride lying? Marcus Aurelius said, Humility declutters the mind. After hundreds of years of hard attention, like that of a crazed bumblebee, the fields of cosmology, anthropology, psychology, sociology, philosophy, and physics are finally ready to sit down, if they can find anything to sit on, and give us two humble answers to two arrogant questions. What kind of creatures are we? And what is our true place in the world? We are the only beings whose being is being a being, whose being is being an issue for itself. In other words, just being is logically incoherent, like a married bachelor or a triangle with four sides. We see reality as if we are the center of everything. The universe is only important insofar as it plays a role in our personal narrative. Once, we believe that the Earth is the center of the universe. It must be, we reasoned, because God chose to be born on our planet. Now we know that this planet is as important to the universe as a molecule of water is to the ocean. Once, we believe that God created us in his image. Now we know that we are not the result of a supernatural act of creation, but a natural process of selection and evolution. Once, we believe that we are in control of our thoughts, our emotions, and our behavior. Then we discovered society and the subconscious. Now we know that the structures of society become the structures of our subconscious and that beneath our conscious awareness, our drives and forces we cannot control that determine everything we think, feel, and do. Human behavior has been solved. Once we believed in progress and in the perfectibility of all things. 
Then we began to pollute our air, poison our water, decimate plant and animal life, and corrupt our natural environment. Then, like the Buddha, we awakened. We began to understand that there are many important things happening in the world that have nothing to do with us. You learn this when you take yourself out of the picture, when you lose your emotional attachment to the world, when you see through another pair of eyes what you unsee through your own eyes. Can you name 25 people who lived in the 16th century? That was 500 years ago. No? Then 500 years from now, do you think that you are any more likely to be remembered than the millions of people whose lives you have forgotten? Marcus Aurelius said, Soon you will have forgotten all and all will have forgotten you. Elvis will not be remembered and you will not be remembered. Humility is truth. Pride is lying. But fear not. Being born means to wake up without ever going to sleep. So being dead means going to sleep only to wake up. The Bhagavad Gita said, Do not grieve. There has never been a time when you and I have not existed, nor will there be a time when we will cease to exist. Gods do not exist beyond our imagination. We created them, and we dress them in the clothes we ourselves would like to wear. All-powerful, all-knowing, all-good, neither time-bound nor place-bound, and eternal. Jesus was a clue. When God became man, then man became God. You can neither control nor choose your next thought. You are no more responsible for your thoughts than you are for your parents or your birth. You no more choose your thoughts than you choose your height. How is it even possible for you to choose your thoughts? To choose your thoughts, you must first think them. But that would mean thinking your thoughts before you choose to think them. Thinking about thinking about something is synonymous with thinking about it. Your gods and your religions only exist because you believe that you are in control and that you are deeply responsible for your every thought, every action, and every emotion. And therefore, you are worthy of praise or blame. Sin, virtue, morality, immorality, heaven, hell, angels, demons, Satan, God. These things are irrelevant and unnecessary if you didn't choose and if you're not responsible for your thoughts and beliefs. You believe that Australia exists. Did you choose that belief? Because if you're in control of your beliefs, then I want you to choose to believe that France does not exist. Do it now, but you can't, because you're not in control.
Neither was Jesus. Jesus was no more free than you are. We are told that Jesus was perfectly good and without sin. He was good because Jesus freely chose to have only good thoughts. This can only mean that Jesus had both good thoughts and evil thoughts, but that he chose to think only good thoughts. But to choose good thoughts, Jesus must think about thinking evil thoughts and freely choose not to. But thinking about thinking is thinking, and to think evil thoughts means to sin. How can Jesus be both with and without sin at the same time? Can Jesus become a married bachelor? No. Jesus was no more free to choose his thoughts than you are free to choose your own. You are neither free nor personally responsible for your thoughts. Your thoughts simply arise in your conscious awareness. You didn't choose them any more than you chose the atoms that make up your physical body. I may confuse my identity, my ego, with my thoughts, but I am more than the voices in my head. You are more than the voices in your head. I am more than what I think. I am me. Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Corey, the Laughing Philosopher. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I've devoted my professional life to the intersection of sociology and philosophy, where the contemporary problems of life meet the ideas and convictions of the greatest human minds. Join me by subscribing to The Laughing Philosopher as we use reason and wisdom to explore big answers to the most important of all big questions, how to live.